Today's episode is presented by T-Mobile. T-Mobile. <laughs> yeah. just, so, just so we do it, today's episode is sponsored by T-Mobile, the Uncarrier. And today is also the day after Comic-Con, so we're a little rusty. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Watching Thrones post-Comic-Cons. We all have half a voice. Welcome in. <laughs> this is where we're going to talk Game of Thrones the morning after. I'm Michelle Boyd, and I am joined by my war council next mm-hmm. to me here. As always, uh, Spencer Gilbert. Yes. The Iron <laughs> Islands will take, let's say, Dorne. Why not? Because exactly. The lovely and beauteous Roth Cornette. Oh, so many lies. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I'll take the lies. I'm so tired today. I'll just choose to believe them. <laughs> and today we are also joined by Danielle Radford. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, oh, everyone. Wow. And uh, I have great news. We are also joined by a very, very special guest, a self-proclaimed Game of Thrones superfan and Tony Award winner, Kristen Chenoweth. Yay! Yeah. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry about this. No. <laughs> we're, we're sorry we have the same thing going here. <laughs> Thank you. Were you at Comic Con for American Gods? Were you there? Um, at Comic Con? Yeah. No, I went last year for American Gods and um, I didn't get to go this year, but I the first time I went to Comic Con, I was like, I don't get it. Is a it's a mall? Like a mall? <laughs> with without like shops, but with just people, and then I'm falling in love with it. And it's shopping, but with costumes. <laughs> yes, and I thought, well, this would be my dream mall. So um, it's fun. Comic Con is really fun. Awesome. But you watched last night's episode, Dragonstone. What did you think, off just overall? Well, I, I, I first of all, I love. You know, I watch every Game of Thrones, and um, I don't want to ever talk bad about it because I don't ever want to do that. But I know that right now what it seems like the writers are doing is um, laying out a lot of dialogue so that um, we can be reminded of what's happened in the past and also what they for sure want to go in the future. So there's a lot of talking, um, and I love that. I love that. But I will say it is a nice break when um, you see him cut, I forget that, I'm terrible at their character's name, so you just have to forgive me, but him cut the disease off of Sir Friend's own scab picking was a great yeah, one. Yeah, we will, we will uh, definitely be getting to that, too. I don't know. The Citadel is becoming a very disgusting place each I week. I don't like it. It's like each week they just try to gross us out more, right? Yeah, considering <laughs> it's a place of healing and knowledge, it is not hygienic. No, it's like the potty pad pen. <laughs> it's like the bathroom no, at Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you guys, then you think if you were alive back then, just oh. like would you want to a be on, in a war in like armor that you can't move on, or would you rather be there? I mean, or would you rather be? I mean, if you're not lucky enough to be in, in King's Court or anything, where would you rather be? I guess I'd probably rather be there. I mean, it sucks. But. Yeah, mm. but at least you have access to books. Yeah, I mean, that's something. Kinda. Can you imagine? Right. And maybe a bath here and there every other month. Let's be real. No, it's fine. Dirt cleans you. We, it's would, fine. we would all last maybe a week. In not even. <laughs> maybe not even. Not yeah. even a week. Sorry. <laughs> 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So, yeah, let's just jump right into this. So our top story tonight, uh, tonight, hi, oh God. (laughs) Good morning. Let's just do this like your newscaster. (laughs) Top story from Westeros. Top story from Westeros tonight. What's going on? Uh, Theon is dead. Long live Reek. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. How betrayed was everyone? Don't you think that that was like a, just sort of an understandable PTSD flashback when he saw them being tortured? And he just, to me, that was a very real moment. And it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the ending of it. I won't say what it is, but it's like the only honest reaction to what you would do in that situation, which is just run. I agree with you on that. What would you do? Well, would you jump or would you fight, Kristen? Um, you know, it's, it's a hard to say because I'm just a, a survivor by nature, if you know what I mean. Mm. I would probably fight, but I certainly can't understand jumping. And I so wanted him to go run over there. I, I wanted him, to be honest with you, I wanted him to all of a sudden be a masterful knife killer. And all of a sudden go, <laughs> and the knife go in his head. And then his sister would be like, oh my gosh, he does, he can do it. And that's what I wanted. But him jumping, I totally got. I mean, look what 
look at the guy's life. Can we just... Oh, it's great acting there. You can see it wash over his face where mm -hmm. he turns back into the guy he used to be. Alfie Allen is one of my favorite actors on this show. He's got show a great sad face. He's got <laughs> such an interesting arc. And I mean, hey, not everyone can have that redemptive hero arc. Mm. No, they can't. God bless him. I, you know, it's weird. At the end, of, everyone knows I'm a big prayer. I'm like, why am I praying for these characters? They're not. <laughs> they're all bad people. <laughs> yeah, and they're not. Like stop. <laughs> <laughs> they're not all bad. They're they're complicated. They're all shades people. of gray. They're yeah. all shades of gray. I, I will say it was a disappointing moment, but I thought it was a very real moment and I was glad that choice was made. And maybe now because he did escape and like jump into the water, maybe there's a chance that he can come back and, and redeem himself at another time. Yeah, so where are they off the coast of? Are they off the coast of Dorne? Or it's hard to say. I mean Where's he gonna end up when he washes Euron ashore? Thank you. Who two questions for everyone? Somebody did. So, how, how did Euron know where to find them, and how did he know specifically which boat they were all on? And by the way, why were they all on the same boat instead of separating? I'm confused. Can somebody please help? <laughs> it does seem a little too convenient. We can but, only speculate. Yeah, I mean, well, that's just getting into first of all, how did Euron build a thousand ships to begin with? But well, that's how the did thing. In a, we don't have the book bell because uh -oh, no, in the books, no, no, no book. uh, and I'm usually not the one that takes this position. But uh, Euron is like way more mystical and kind of magical, and he's into more sorcery and stuff like that, which might help explain in the show why he's kind of everywhere at once. Um, he, he's got a bunch of magic artifacts with him in the books. He's a lot more crazy and, and into himself, if you can believe oh, it. he's getting crazy. He's getting crazy. Yes. We got to see that. That was really nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kristen, was this a thing where uh, Euron actually redeemed himself? Because I know a lot of people last week were like, okay, Guy Liner, like, who the heck are you? And what are you doing coming into the throne room with no gift? Who are you trying to fool? Yeah, I think he did a little bit. And, you know, I'm always, and I know this is kind of weird to say, but I'm always scared that he... Or you know how we love Arya, you know, she's peeling off and then becoming someone else. I'm like, is he doing that? Like at this at this point, and you guys know the books probably way better than me. I don't know them, I'm embarrassed to say. But I know that's you, better. I, we all know the books and we're sick of them. So we want we want, <laughs> we want show only perspective. This is good. Well maybe maybe just like maybe who knows, maybe half of these people and then the lady that's a million years old like tells from the crypt that's gorgeous. <laughs> 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 He's somebody different face. I mean, who knows at this point? I want who Kristen Chenoweth's alternate names for Me everyone. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tales of the crypt, but gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> we all just I want her necklace. I'm like, there's tales from the crypt lady. <laughs> Aria, Aria for me is and Cersei are two great, great roles written mm. for, for women. And I mean, one is a nasty biatch, but <laughs> I don't know. I just like how strong they are. Yeah. yeah, speaking of, can we talk for a moment about how women have essentially extinguished all major family lines in this book and in this show? Mm. Like, because mm. you've got Alaria who wiped out the Martells. Yep. You have Danny who wiped out, like, everybody in Essos. Uh, you have yep. Sansa who wiped out the Boltons. Uh, you have Arya who wiped out the Grey, or the, uh, the phrase. Yeah. The Grey's. The phrase. Uh, I mean, women are kind of just totally, and Cersei, of course, wiped out the Baratheons. Mm -hmm. yep. Everyone's just kind of taken over at this point. I like, I'm liking this woman-only direction it's going. Uh, I, I, I definitely am liking it, and I'm liking just in general how, how lots of television, I know in American Gods, that's what Brian and Michael are so cognizant of, of like, you know, being a woman back then, like now I'm like, oh gosh, I have a nail appointment and I'm supposed to pick up my shirt for that photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> do I, oh my gosh, meltdown. They're like, oh my gosh, I accidentally cut off my hand <laughs> and I don't have a tampon, which weren't invented yet. Um, yeah. Ow, I have syphilis. <laughs> I think that I choose today. <laughs> to be I, fair, I, I had most you, of those problems last week. <laughs> I, mean, I want your review of every show on television. <laughs> Can I ask you, so we as somebody, <laughs> with a book perspective, is something like, I'm curious, because if we can justify to ourselves going like, well, magic helped him find it, if that isn't present in the show, that explanation, explanation isn't present in the show, then does it need another explanation for something like how Euron found them? Does it need a more grounded explanation, or are we just good with the fact that we get that it's magic? He's crazy. He's, <laughs> he's crazy good. They made yeah, him pretty well, menacing. I think we accept a lot of things that um, we normally, as an actor, just, I'll just tell you, as an actor looking at it, 
there are some times where, like last night, I'm like, how did they get all, how long did it take to make all, the, make all those votes? Like, how do they know? As an actor, I question some things that way. But I also, as a viewer, find myself just accepting things, going, I don't need to know. Or perhaps it'll be explained later, but it's not something I'm mad at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there are only 11 <laughs> episodes left. How much are we really going to get? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, we all know now that Kyburn obviously has the best candy in Westeros because Varys' little birds are non-existent. Mm. Yeah. He knew How nothing did about you coming? How do they not send one ship ahead to be like, hey, give me a heads up if you see a giant pirate fleet? Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but the scene itself, what did you guys think of the battle? That I thought was great. I, I thought it was a, a good battle sequence to put in the middle of an otherwise, like you were saying, a lot of sort of exposition and still set up episode to keep us engaged. Um, it was pretty brutal the way that they dealt with the Sand Snakes. Was that a nod to the audience and was, how they felt about Dorne? I was going to ask Danielle, do you even care that the Sand Snakes are gone? <laughs> I kind of, I like the Sand Snakes. Really? Uh, I did. I'm, I think I'm the only one. I kind of liked them. I enjoyed them. I got bummed out when Colleen Wing died. It was a bummer. I... Uh, I do, I mean, obviously so much of this is in order to win over Cersei, so of course it's going to be really, really brutal what he does to them, because he's going to be able to go back and say, oh, I super murdered these two, <laughs> and now look at what I have brought you for you to super murder. And yeah. slowly. Slowly. Yeah, yeah, but the scene itself, I mean, uh, his entrance was one of the all-time great entrances. Yeah. Amazing. That was pretty cool. Show, yeah. With that weird, like, bridge tooth thing that he created yeah. and ran across on was awesome. Because aside from Errol Flynn, how are you really going to swing from one boat to the other? Yeah. Okay, you found the coolest way to do <laughs> you it. You found man. the coolest way. I, I, wonder how guy. Thought about, I mean, was that in the book? I wonder how you just they were bursting one day. It's like, hang on, I got an idea. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, not not specifically. We do know uh, his prowess, and he has a really, really bad reputation as a as a crow's eye, as a badass pirate. Uh, so we know that he has done this to other ships, but we've never like seen it. One thing we know in the books, ding, is that he uh, he cuts out the tongues of people mm -hmm. uh, whose ship he boards to re replenish his crew, and there was one cutaway mm -hmm. shot to some guy cutting a tongue out, which yep. is a nice little nod. Nice little nod. <laughs> yeah, his his uh, ship I think is called the Silence, it and it's is. so that they can't mutiny against him, so they can't even speak. They're all they all have their tongues cut out. Pretty intense. <laughs> Welcome to Westeros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all fun and games. Hey. Uh, but the scene itself, I don't know. It was pretty frenetic, like very close up. It wasn't like Battle of the Bastards level, but yeah. it was it was cool. I just wish. I'm not a fan of the Sand Snakes. I think I'm in the majority here. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think how much cooler that would have been if last season had done a better service by them and it had been like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was rooting for them. Instead, you're like, oh good, they killed Lady Jar Jar one and two. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to care anymore. <laughs> and now we know who the gifts are. Yeah. Uh, we've got Yara, we have Alaria, and we have Sand Snake number three. <laughs> I, I, it's not going to go well for them at all. No, yeah. no. Arya killed uh, Marcella. No. Yeah. Cersei's baby, last baby. Yeah, it's child. not going to be great. And a very, and the really sweet child. Her, well, her and and Tommen. Tommen. They were both yeah, nice. Definitely. They were both really sweet. Tommen was nice. Oh, rest <laughs> in peace, Tommen. Oh, Tommen. Aww. All right. Well, I mean, we've got the sea battle. Uh, we can head north. Ooh. If yes. you like, uh, we're going to go to let's see. So we have Danny uh, kind of opening the show with her war council. Everyone's standing around that awesome table and listening to Tyrion's plan uh, to go through. I don't know. What did you guys think about everyone kind of weighing in? Was it good advice? Was there bad advice? I think that it was really nice. I do. I did enjoy that it was just this council of ladies and then also Tyrion there. That was a really nice thing to see. I. It's interesting because you do all off, like as viewers, we automatically trust Tyrion. And so then to hear someone later say like, no, you have to trust yourself, like you can't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And you especially can't trust clever men. It's interesting because we literally hear Danny parroting the things that he's saying and then later having that conversation. So it's, it's almost weird for me as a viewer and as someone who has read the books that now we're being put in a position to start questioning Tyrion. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, Kristen, should uh, should Danny listen to Tyrion, or should she be the dragon? Uh, I have a feeling that Danny's going to do whatever Danny wants, which is kind of why I like her. I think she listens to everyone's opinion. And wasn't um, there a scene last night where she and Diana Rigg had a conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. for me, watching that scene, I mean, it sounds really 
silly, but I, I like love that she was mentoring her in a way. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that she's going to re- come to rely more on, like, I, I call her Diana Rick. <laughs> more than um, Tyrion. And I, I am a, always, I will always forever and forever love Tyrion. There's no question. But I think um, he is a, he is his, his DNA. And I do worry about that because I think sometimes people just are they who they are. But we love him, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if he was like, did it all to please his brother or something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But Diana, I'm, I'm like, I'm like with Diana Reagan. Like, <laughs> so you agree with her advice to Danny that uh, powerful women should occasionally ignore clever men? Yeah. But I, I don't know. point of contention, point Diana, of Diana, Diana Rigg, as much as I love her, uh, she has a, a lot of personal skin in this yeah. game, which is that she just hates Cersei at this yeah. point. She's not looking to like rule or, or like bring the she wants kingdom to, to heal. Mm-hmm. She wants to burn her down for what she did to her daughter. Yeah, her granddaughter. And yeah. I, I feel like in addition to that, this idea, I love that they've put us as the viewer in the position to have no idea who is right, you know? And we can have that internal debate just like the char- puts us in the position of the character going like, I'm not sure because at the end of the episode it looked like Yara was probably right. They should have gone straight to King's Landing and taken it over. But Tyrion has a point that you have to do this a little politically if you want to continue to rule. Mm-hmm. It's also gives, giving Cersei a chance to do her propaganda campaign that we predicted she would do. So who's right? Like, be the dragon? That could turn her into the Mad Queen that we're all afraid she could become. If she really allows herself to be the dragon unremittently, is that really the best thing? No. I don't know. Kristen Chenoweth, with you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there's a part of me, and I think I'm speaking for all the women there. I mean, we keep saying it, how strong the women are, how strong the women are. But gosh, I would love to, I hope that she takes that power and be the dragon and, and is the best possible Danny that we could know and love. I, that's what I hope. But you know, we are at Game of Thrones, yes. and tons are chopped, and skin is peeled, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know because I'm going to tell y'all, y'all something. When I first started watching the show, I was like, eh, Danny, eh. <laughs> right. And I'm like, uh, I will take a bullet for her. <laughs> so. You know, I, I don't know. The, the good—that's a good question, you guys. It's a very good question. I hope she does it for the good, and I hope. I mean, I want to see her stand tall. I don't know what, where you guys land, but I've seen your show a couple times. But I, I want to see her stand tall. And Cersei is just—you know—un. First of all, that actress is incredible, and she's probably my favorite character on the thing. But man, she's got to go. Lena Headey is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Lena Headey is fantastic. But well, the fact yeah. that we hate her so much is why she has to stick around. She Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. I wanted your opinion on that scene in particular, and uh, I just have I have one final question for you. Uh, who do you think is going to sit the Iron Throne mm. at the end? Um, you know, I've been going back and forth that maybe it's going to be shared. Maybe it's going to be Jon Snow and Danny mm. in love. But um, just split just it down me. the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's just my weird thing. But I don't think it can ever be down the middle, which is why. If they did something like that, they'd have to continue the show, and we know they're not. So I'm going to go with Danny. And I want to show you guys before I go, I want to show you my dog. Yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Game of Bones. Game of Bones. Oh, my gosh. What a cute dire wolf. Oh, I know. I seen last night. I was like, it's the wolf. We love you guys, and thank you for doing the show. Thank oh, you. And, you. And happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let's Wait, get her a roll season eight. Let's let's sing you happy. Do you have anything you want to promote or anything? Let, everyone should be watching American Gods first and foremost because yes. it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, catch up on that. Kristen sure. Chenoweth says Easter is amazing. Thank you. I'm trying to get my dog to go swimming. Swimming. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it, but thanks, you guys, and God bless. Have a good day, would you? Thank, Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We decided Yay. happy birthday was a bad idea. We're not going to sing Tony. Yeah, I'm not singing for Kristen Chenoweth. Not with my Comic-Con voice. Comic-Con voice, but that would just be insulting. I do, I do agree with her. I want Danny to unleash the dragon, Cisco style. Just become the dragon. But what if she becomes the drop, mad? The, drop the thong song on Westeros. But what if she gets t- fully power mad? Like, what if she's going to become the Mad Queen? I, know. I mean, she'd win, but what would she rule over? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah exactly. 
Well, okay. Uh, we will, we're going to come back to Danny uh, because we definitely have more to talk about with her right at the very end of the show. But I want to kind of keep going north now that uh, Danny going. has decided to send John a message telling him to come and bend the knee. And John has to, once again, address, as you said, Roth, this morning, a very skeptical group of Northmen, mm -hmm. once again, to try to convince them that what he has already decided is a good idea. You know, it was it's such an interesting thing because she there was that moment where they're again arguing in public and there was a part of me that's like, well, wouldn't you guys just go aside at this point and be like, all right, we're going to have this meeting. Let's sidebar. just like, sidebar, get on the same page, go in with a united message. Last time it was sort of like friction inducing. And I, I get dramatically why the scene was written that way because it gets to be this moment of surprise for the audience and for Sansa that he's going to bestow upon her the power and we get to see Littlefinger be delighted. But don't you think they should just be talking? Yeah, that one's on John. He, that's <laughs> yeah, information yeah. that he should probably share beforehand that like, I'm gonna have you rule and I'm gonna walk out on everyone. I hope you're cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean clearly this is like either all of those people live in that room or this is like a weekly meeting. <laughs> well, hey, you guys, you know, we've got to go to the conference. It's the conference call day. We've got to catch up on the week. So there definitely feels like in between the time when all those people get on their horses and come up, you could have pulled your sister aside and been like, hey, so just so you know. FYI. This I is mean, what's happening. I understand his complaint about her arguing with him in public for sure, because again, like, he, well, didn't we just talk about this? And it's it's not helping them as the Starks. But and this is a North. huge bombshell to drop on her. Sure, yeah. I just think in general, they both should be talking to each other outside of in in the moment of announcement to the rest of the people that they have to convince. Yeah. I totally agree. Again, like, didn't we just talk about this? Yeah, bro, keep me in on the loop. It's more We're dramatic if we pull it out of our butts at the end of the meeting. Yeah, so I can just have you argue with me until I name you Queen in the North, and then you're, you're like, just oh, like, oh, okay. I'm going to shut up Good now. scene. Thanks. All right. Good call. Is that Thanks. a moment of falling into a trope, though? When the What do you think? Yeah, like I understand that. I, I think that if you think about the alternative of them of showing us this meeting between the two of them just sitting there and being like, we're cool with this, right? Yeah, that takes out some of the suspense of the meeting. So, I, okay, it's a little TV magic there. But I totally get Sansa's reaction, at least initially, of being abandoned again uh, to be with all these other dudes who she just assumes she's going to be subservient to again, trapped in the cycle that she's been in since season one. So her her panic in that moment and her like speaking up and being like, whoa, 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 actually rang really true to me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, um, I, I do. I just agree that they should be talking. And I really think, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure if John can entirely trust Danny at this point because Danny is pretty much just going to want him to bend the knee and kind of submit to the Seven Kingdoms. I mean, Sansa has a really good point. Danny's not there to just rule like the bottom half of the continent. She's there to rule all of it. So I'm I'm just not really sure if I if I agree that John should have been the one to go down. I'm like we've been using emissaries the entire show. It's fine. It's got to be king to queen, is, is otherwise there, it won't count. Is there something too about the like the idea that he never wanted this power, and that typically speaking, people that don't want power are the people that should have it? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when we asked uh, Kristen who we thought would sit the Iron Throne, it took me back to what Varys was saying in the in the throne room. It's like we could end up with democracy or something <laughs> right. like he's That's like, I'm prediction. gonna listen to the people, and you tell me what the people are saying. Like, could they all abdicate <laughs> the throne and be like, this you is know, like we are hands, the champions. hands across <laughs> Westeros, <laughs> and just uh, direct democracy? I don't know how that would work. Maybe everyone, uh, you know writes it on a piece of parchment or something like That's that. That's been my prediction for the entire time that because they were also bringing the wildlings across who don't have, don't bend the knee oh. and don't have this perception of a monarchy, that those ideas and like with the ruinousness of everything, that those ideas could sort of, sort of merge and create some mm. semblance of a democracy. And, yeah. and before we move too far on ahead, I am checking your guys' uh, tweets at hashtag watching thrones, so keep those coming in. And a lot of people are more unhappy than we were with the battle sequence. Interesting. People, uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kingslayer uh, bringing up that the Sand Snakes didn't use poison on their weapons this time. That was, yeah, that was weird. What happened there? I thought that same thing. Time. Yeah. And Chris Schmidt's writing that I hope you're skewering the physics-defying jump-cut-fueled battle scene. Well, I mean, you know, they got to save money for later in the season. <laughs> I stopped caring about physics the moment I stopped caring about jetpacks. Yeah, was, you, you got to yeah, put to side. We only have so many episodes 11 left. 11 episodes left. Guys, mm -hmm. keep your tweets coming in at hashtag watching throws. And we actually do have another caller right now on Skype, uh, which you can Skype in. Have we they won any Tony? 
you guys. Yeah, tell us what you think about the battles. I want to know what you think about John. Um, do you have someone on the line right now? Very cool. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Hi. Hi, I'm Eric from Philly. What's Hi, up, Eric? Eric? Hi, Eric. Hey, uh, so I personally, I love the episode. From top to bottom, I thought it was great, and I thought the battle was great. Is Euron, like, cool in your eyes now? Did we forgive him <laughs> the, the, he, that he, crap scene last week? Yeah, he came off a little joker to me with that laugh mm, yeah. at the end a little bit, but, he, but the way he went full berserk, it, it completely sold me. I said, this is Euron Greyjoy. Yeah, the fight skills were pretty cool, but it was a little like, I'm a psychopath, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Damaged. Ah. <laughs> Did the no poison bother you, Danielle, in your arc? No poison? Yes. I sometimes find it hard to believe that the Sand Snakes are the daughter of the Red Viper, to be honest. Definitely. It's kind yeah. of a fitting end for show version of the Sand Snakes that they just forget yes. to do the one thing they're going <laughs> to well, And die. that's what I'm almost wondering is like in a lot of these, the Sand Snakes, they, they position themselves so that they can be, you know, that they are the ones who are inciting these incidents so you have time to poison things. Mm. And in this case, maybe they just didn't have time to go grab their handy vial of poison mm. and go dip their stuff into it. Yeah. How, how long does it last, I wonder, on the weapon? Right, do you reapply it every night? Yeah. Is it like yeah. 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 I mean, I imagine mask. they don't just walk around with everything poisoned every minute of the day. Yeah, that would be but bad. But still, but still. I mean, you're on a ship, things are moving around, you slip accidentally, you like, know. Oh, I'm poisoned. Oh, crap. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a battle. You can take a second, you know, yeah. if you're going straight into Don't it. Don't bring a whip to an axe fight. I no. Mm -mm. <laughs> Not so much. Although the dagger throwing was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric, very much. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you, too. Love you guys. Love the show. Thank you. Thanks, Yay. Oh, bye. <laughs> uh, before we leave the North entirely, I want to talk a quick second about uh, that nice little scene in the crypts mm. with John and Littlefinger. Uh, what the heck, Littlefinger? Why you got to go down and be all creepery? <laughs> yeah, doesn't he know how this ends? Uh, is the multi-generational beatdown of Littlefinger talking about how he's hitting on one of their female relatives. Like, this doesn't end well for you, dude. Well, and see, now I'm wondering if, like, we already know that Littlefinger, he, he's got to have something that he's planning, and he's got he's finding a way to fit this in, and maybe it is just, I'm going to romance Sansa, and it's going to be me and Sansa, and whatever. But now he has a concrete reason to have a vendetta against Jon Snow. Yeah, and you can see that in that last bit after he's done being real, real choked, where he's like, <laughs> he's super angry and upset, and then when he walks out into um, into the courtyard, and you can see Sansa up on the balcony, and he's looking at her like now he has a reason to have vengeance because Littlefinger's whole reason for being Littlefinger is. He getting back at the people who have humiliated him, mm -hmm. and now John has humiliated him. So that's one of those moves where I understand that John is protecting Sansa, but I don't know if that was a really good move because now. Yeah, but I mean, in, in Littlefinger's Little eyes, like he's like, "That's my future brother-in-law. Like I gotta make nice with this guy <laughs> yeah. when, when the wedding happens." Because I do think now that I used to think he had a grand plan. I think it now begins and ends in Sansa's pants. I don't think he's going <laughs> beyond like I just need to marry a Stark woman. I don't think he's really interested he's, in anything beyond that now. I think he's not interesting in, interested in anything other than the Iron Throne. I think that having Sansa is a coup for him and it's sort of like you know how people in a way were all driven by whatever happened in our childhoods and everything we do for the rest of our lives is about solving that. He got rejected by, by this woman that he loved and now having that again in a way I feel like solves that wound for him but I think what he really wants is power he really wants the Iron Throne because he feels tiny he feels like he was humiliated his whole life and he had no power and he wants all of the power that's his end game mm -hmm. I agree with you but for someone who we've been introduced to and we've seen scheme throughout the entire series this seems like a really weird way to get to your end game it's like really everything rests on Sansa and she's turned you down multiple times yeah he seems mm -hmm. like right, he's what's still your plan banging B? his head against that wall like yeah. to a point where it's stupid and he should maybe try something else. Interesting, but what else would he try at this mm -hmm. point? I mean, he would promised Cersei Sansa's head, yeah. I mean, so we can't go there. Yeah. Can't do that. Danny, maybe? I mean, so he has an ally, I don't know how much this is still going, but didn't he ally to kill Joffrey, right, with uh, Oleana? Mm-hmm. Olena, sorry. Olena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, could I mean, he be he playing... responsible for John Aaron. Could there still be a connection there between the two of them, some grand plot? Potentially, I just can't see Tyrion trusting Littlefinger. Oh, no. there's no Never. way. Yeah. There's, no. So the Him moment, or Varys. Exactly. So the they moment he steps into the into the throne room at Dragonstone, both of them are going to be like, nope, chuck him off a mm -hmm. wall. Yeah. I don't see that going well. But I will say with Jon and losing it, that was a callback. They made a couple of callbacks um, last night to season one, and that was a callback to Ned. 
Um, and and Littlefinger's like, yes. oh, the Starks, quick of temper, slow of minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they're trying to put you in the position. A lot of what they're doing here is to make us feel nervous for people, you know? And so we feel nervous for John. So mission accomplished because yeah. it didn't go well for Ned when, and John is acting very much a Stark, very much his father, well, his uncle's son. There's been a lot of allusions to Ned and and doing the right thing instead of the best thing. But I'm glad you brought up callbacks because uh, we also had a really big callback Mm. to season one with Arya. That was amazing. Did you guys cry a little bit? A little. I teared up a little bit. I thought the wolf was going to eat her. (laughs) I thought she was going to lose a hand. I really (laughs) did. I really did. When my heartwarming shows up. When it kept going for a while, it's like she's, no, this is is too happy. Uh, She might get bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant if we turned up and we saw Hot Pie. Cause that, too. That, too. I mean, they brought back Hot Pie as well. But, okay, wait, Nymeria. Uh, there was a lot of speculation, and I, I agree with the eventual, like, analyzation of it. But what did you first think when she said, that's not you? That's not you, meaning... Not that it's not Nymeria, but like, that's not you. You're not going to come home. You're free. You've got your family. It's not in your way to follow me anymore. Yeah. And for me, it, it almost, I'm I'm wondering if that's her being like, that's not me to go home and then do what and then just hang out. That's uh-huh. not who I am anymore. Well, yeah. see, I, th- I took it in like the cheesy rom-com way at first, although I came around because I watched Ben Off and Weiss after the episode explain that they that's, about it. that's yeah. what they think but I thought it was like it's not you it's me where she was yeah. like oh you're right like I'm the one who's really changed I understand why you don't want to hang out with really me anymore funny. every guy in the room that I watched that scene with said that exact same thing they were like when a girl says We've it's all not heard that you before, yeah. what they really mean is it's not me <laughs> I, I went with you, Danielle. I mean, and I loved how they explained this the idea that she said that to her father when he presented mm-hmm. this life to her that, oh, you'll be a lady and you'll wear a dress and you'll ma- get married and have babies. And she's like, that is not me. You know, she's never been domesticated. She has always been a wild thing. She is far more feral now due to her life circumstances. And in the book, I get one and that's it. Um, she <laughs> has a far closer relationship with Nymeria right. than we've been allowed to see. Mm. And so they are very linked and Nymeria is now wild and feral and undomesticated and she can't just go back to Winterfell and be sort of a wolf dog. Um, but neither maybe can Arya and I feel like maybe this is a moment that she's not going to go back. I agree with you yeah. that she's going to turn back the other way and be like, I'm not that person now. I didn't you see can, her. I don't see her turning back. Well, you can even see how uncomfortable she was in the cold. The Starks yeah. are cold. They're cold people and you could see that she was like miserable being cold and I think that's another sign that like that isn't my life anymore yeah. because yeah. the Starks do nothing if not embrace cold and wolves and a million different jackets and stuff. <laughs> that's a good catch. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you totally and that she did seem a little uncomfortable on second on second rewatch after I had read the same thing by the showrunners beautiful acting by Maisie you really mm, can see like the sadness and then the understanding and then the compassion and just like almost a little bit of joy that her wolf has found her own path too. I mean, yeah. it still broke my heart, but, but she it was really happy, well done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. By the end of it. She did by the end of it. She seemed like she got it. She yeah. understands. Yeah, and great acting from her thread. I don't know if you want to talk about her and Hot Pie. I do. Point, I want to go back to Hot Pie. <laughs> it was such a good scene from her because she's kind of like playing at being the hound, I thought. Yes. She would, like the way she's eating, the way she's like barely speaking to him. And it just doesn't quite fit her. She, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just because the actress is a like young girl, but it seems like a young girl trying to act like the hound. Yeah, um, and I mean, I'm sorry, I love you, Hot Pie, but maybe lay off the pies a tiny, tiny, tiny oh. bit. I love you. I'm sorry. Oh, you brown the butter, it's so it's good. so delicious. You brown the butter. I mean, I, loved, I did like that little callback, too, like with browning the butter. Have, oh, have you been making pies? One or two. One or two. I <laughs> like how much pride he takes in his work. It's great. Yes. I love Hot Pie. Yeah. yeah Hot Pie UVU. You. I loved it. And I also, it was, it's a nice, um, that's another moment where you get to see, I think a lot of the stuff that we saw with Ara and Ara, Aria, uh, Comic-Con. It's because he, call, yeah. he called her Ari. Yeah. I get it. It's yeah. like so much of what we saw here was showing like who she was versus who she is now. And so you get to see a lot of that in her relationship with Hot Pie where he's like, what happened to you? Like who she, again, just the, the she was Ari and she was different. And she was even like, she wasn't like a happy-go-lucky, but you know, she was definitely a warmer 
version of herself than she is now. And so, yeah, for her, a lot of the journey of this episode is, am I going to go back to who I was or do I continue being who I am now? Yeah. And, and I think even that small smile was like her accepting herself a little bit, though I don't think that's the last of the dire roles we've seen. I know it's expensive and they don't want to bring them in, but I do think, um, and I don't know if it becomes a repeated deus machina, but there is this idea of wolves, a pack of roving wolves being out. Can I do another in the book? One more. Thank you. Ding! <laughs> you guys have each had more. Yeah, had I don't think I had too many. You've each had like two. I've done none, which shocks me. We should have a, a me. punishment development. We really should. We need yeah. a shame bell. <laughs> <laughs> you guys decide how we're punished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag watching thrones. Uh, but yeah, I can see a, a wolf ex machina. Um, just, uh, they seem like they'd come in handy in a final battle mm -hmm. against the White Walkers. Like, oh, the wolves are coming. Look, it's the sun breaking, and there's the eagles and the wolves. and. I can see the forest friends coming together on the side of good at the end. Well, I mean, they <laughs> the do. Forest friends. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that moment where Arya kind of turned north yeah. and has had that little like moment leaving Rivendell and just being like, could follow the Lannister soldiers, but chooses to turn north instead. Yeah, which For is now. why I can't see her turning back. But then I'm thinking, oh, they have like dicked around with Arya's plot line last year where nothing yeah. seemed to happen. So yeah. Yeah. she could just go back and forth for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, but I should. Oh, but I shouldn't. Well, I do want to know what the audience thinks as well. And there is another caller on the line from Skype. So hi, who are you? And what did you guys think of Arya coming back and reuniting with Hot Pie and Nymeria? Hey, everybody. Hey. hey. Nice to see you. Nice to uh, see you. How are you? I'm happy to say this is what I was looking for last week when I said that, you know, I just wanted something to happen. I feel like I got that this episode. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, so I really am glad that the, they're getting stuff done now. They're doing some plot points. Um, I think uh, Roth hit it on the head. Arya is, uh, and all the wolves reflect the characters who have them. And Numeria's story, story is very Arya's story. You know, Numeria uh, is is forced to go and be wild and on her own, and she's found her pack because of that. And Arya's sort of in the same boat. She, you know, was on her own, and she found her own identity. And I think that the realization of that as well is going to kick in. And I agree with Roth. I think she might actually turn around and go back towards King's Landing again, uh, which she'll get to in a day because time doesn't mean anything. On sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I think she'll be up north because everyone has a jetpack and she'll just pop <laughs> up true. next episode. Well, and there is a possibility as well that she does make it up north and she gets there and she hangs out and she's like, okay, well, I've got we got the reunion that everyone wanted, but I'm skedaddling immediately under the cover of night and I'm not telling anyone I'm going. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm coming to say goodbye and then I'm leaving to go handle my business mm -hmm. that I might not come back from. Which, by the way, we're not going to get the reunion. They're going to cross each other. Yep. Yeah. She's yeah. going back to go say hi to John and it's just going to be Sansa. It's going to be Sansa. Not her favorite there, sibling. There's actually, in a way, more tension there because yeah. it's not her favorite sibling because if it was her and John, that would just be entirely like a warm, loving embrace and like, look what I learned to do with Needle. Yeah. And he gets a little terrified. And you know who I love we're not talking about? Bran. No, not at all. <laughs> no one even bothered giving John a head. Yeah, yeah, we'll wait Bran, actually, I was thinking the same thing. Like, where, where is Bran? When are we going to no get back? No one cares. No. And Jack, Jack, what do you think it's going to be That's like when true. Sansa and Arya meet back up? Uh, are you sure that they're going to meet back up? Because there is also the possibility that John could encounter Arya on uh, his way down mm. to meet Danny. And that's where the reunion happens, and then she decides not to go back north and go do her own thing once okay. she, mm. she sees where John is. Because that, that's where I thought it was going to go. Solid point. Uh, she's going to run into him. Because it's the same. I mean, he has to leave Winterfell. She's in the north, so. That's fair. But I feel like he might be taking the, you know, he's going to have kind of like entourage and army, and she's by herself. She's not going to go by, like, the King's Road. She, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, she's you, you see her kind of yeah. off the road, and she's kind of doing the, the wolf thing. But that is definitely a possibility. That'll be, either way, that'll be a cool Stark reunion. Just looking at our map here to see. I know, right? Yeah. 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 Where's White Harbor? Straight yeah. up there. I almost thought that that was what the horse was. Again, there were people coming, and then she was going to look around, and all of a sudden there's, like, the army, and then there's... Will we get another Ed Sheeran cameo? Uh, I no. want more every episode. <laughs> no. Ed Sheeran. No. I want him. I want it where it, it, the, it goes by in up. the beginning, and all of a sudden it's just like and Ed Sheeran. And it just <laughs> 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 I really he pulls his face off and it's Sierra. That's the one redeeming one. May I do a quick redirect and then I'll get out of here? Sure. Um, 
look, we've waited seven seasons. I want to know what a eunuch looks like. I know it's a stupid thing. Uh, you have a sex scene. Uh, the, opportunity was, the opportunity was there. Come on, Game of Thrones. Just do it and get it over with. The curiosity will end and we can all move on. Grey Worm had it in you, his Jack. contract. Thank you, Jack. Grey Worm had it in <laughs> his contract that he wasn't going to appear unmanned. Do He's we, like, nope. So, so I did wonder if they were going to go there. Right. Yeah. It was right. weirdly like the question hanging over that whole otherwise touching but maybe a little wow. exploitive sex scene yeah. uh, we were thinking like where's where are they, they going to show the, the the stuff they're going to do the thing are what should I call the it thing? the pocket yeah whatever the, the thing I mean did we ever the officially the D minus the D minus oh, <laughs> I like that did we ever officially get the, the story about whether it's the pillar and the stones he said or root and stem okay yeah, so <laughs> he's a Ken doll yeah, alright smooth cool. God, how or not? And a we'll very, never know. Yeah. Let's be honest, a very generous Kendall because he clearly he's, compensates. Yeah, he's not. He's not feeling. I was thinking about that watching that. I was like, this poor guy. He's not feeling sexually aroused at all. But he wants to be intimate with her and take care of the fact that she would be. You know, yeah. which makes sense when you think about the rest of the unsullied who paid the hookers to just kind of cuddle, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember yeah. that back then? Yeah, until they so, got their throat slit. Right. As you do. Yeah, but this was a ve- this was a very touching moment and something I know a lot of people were looking forward to. It's just this moment between Grey Worm and Missande. So that was that was really nice to see. Yeah, it was nice. I thought it was a nice uh, counterpoint to you heard Cersei earlier in the throne room talk about oh these foreign barbarians, the eunuchs, they're mm-hmm. just these monsters who are mm. coming, and then you see oh they love too. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's what she's gonna. Those are the tools that she's gonna try and use to sow these seeds of doubt and tear the houses apart, and all you know. That's how she's gonna try and win here. Plus, now she she has a weapon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's let's get into that. Let's get into Cersei down at the throne room uh, that was with Kyburn standing next to her. <laughs> I'm sorry, that spreading didn't... all the Westerosi fake news. That yeah. did not ring like uh oh to me. He had a crossbow. Do they not have crossbows back then? Even that was like. <laughs> but it's a very fancy complicated. Oh, it's very crossbow. big. It yeah. took all of the best people in the world to make this crossbow. I was expecting better, <laughs> Kyber. All five of them that are left after she right. blew up the Septa Bale. Yeah. But also, so yeah. you've only got one. Dragons move around. They well, move. How do you move it? The sca- yeah. It was like a three hundred year old non moving skeleton that yeah. he shot. Yeah. Like, it's okay, great. congratulations. Was anyone else disappointed with kind of how small? Balerian skull was? I mean, I was expecting him to be like twice as big. He's 300 years old and he's the same size as Drogon. No, that, I mm. saw a comparison shot between the two. He's, he's bigger. He's way is bigger. He? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the Drogon's head can still kind of like wrap around Danny, but this one is like. If you saw that, because the, the one perspective shot we got of Drogon with Danny on his back now, yeah. it seemed like it, he was much. He was much bigger. Maybe it shrunk over time. It's shrinkage. Entire, shrinkage. Well, no, shrinkage. They did the dragon shrinkage. Don't they? Like that's. Dang it. Ding. Ding. Oh, oh, I was doing so good. But I believe that they do mention that over time the dragons had begun to get smaller. Yeah. But that one down there is like the legendary one that he conquered Westeros on. Well, that was where you get the nice callback of like the dragon skull as big as a cat's. That was was good. Because, yeah, the idea is that, okay, I'm I'm piggybacking off of your end. Okay, so it counts as mine. It doesn't count as mine. That eventually what happened was they uh, they started keeping all the dragons in the dragon pit, and that stunted their growth because there wasn't allowed to like fly free and eventually died out that way. It's in the yeah. show too, so you, you get a full yeah. pass. Yeah. You get a full pass on Doing that. okay here. But I'm just let down by Kyburn because he created the mountain zombie, which is so awesome, and he has like the I pits thought he of was dragon bring fire, back which to is life. so awesome. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to bring him back to life or something, dragons. and he's like, I've got a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, when he was going down there, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, uh, Frank and dragon. Be cool, yeah. yeah. But... Okay, in defense, just because we only saw one weapon doesn't mean he only has one. Right. A. And isn't there a history of, like, that they really can kill a dragon? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dragons are not invincible. They're Killed definitely. Smoke. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah but there. Yeah, the one hollow yeah. under his arm. And, I mean, you know, and it was barred weapon. and it was a black yeah. arrow. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Uh, yeah, it, it's. They definitely can be killed if they're. Lying still and not moving, mm-hmm. and yeah. are within range. So, do you think that this is like the Chekhov's gun situation, yes. or do you oh, think yeah. it's no, just totally? Yes. Or is it really actually just designed? Because here's th- two, three different things it could be. One, designed to like make us think that she ha- stands a better chance than she actually does, and so that it creates tension throughout the season instead of just being like, well, you're not going to beat them, and then that continues to be true. Or two, it is a Chekhov's gun, and one of them does die, and they're only to be immediately reanimated. 
We can have an ice dragon the, situation. Ice dragon or three, uh, Kyburn, like forgot to do his homework, and he's like, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> what do we have? What do we have? Or it just uh, doesn't work. Yeah. Honestly, I would love to see a human get hit with that. Yeah, oh, I want it. Oh my god. I do. I want it. I want it bad. Yeah. How dark would that be? That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, just think of whoever your least favorite character is that's still yeah, alive. As just, soon wow, as Tyrion becomes a dragon pick? rider, it just. He gets oh, pinned I want oh. I want that to hit Cersei. Oh, okay. How amazing uh, would that okay. be that that's how she dies? Yeah. Who would you pick? Uh, Tyrion. I just think it'd be funny. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Just keep going. Uh, I think uh, you hit it at the dragon and Bran drops down dead. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Still, still coming for him. Still yeah. coming for Bran. We're well, not finished with you. Well, with Cersei, uh, she does have that uh, kind of rousing, not really speech in the throne room to all of the lords, but there is a really cool moment later with Randall Tarly, with Samwell, Samwell, I keep wanting to say Samwise, with I'm Samwell not. Tarly's dad. Uh, and Jamie later on in the hallway. So, I mean, how important is Randall Tarly really to all of this? I think that he's, uh, what's interesting is we're gonna get to see ultimately where his loyalty lies, right? Because the Tarleys are some of the most loyal people in the show, and I don't know if he's gonna wanna go against um, Oleander. Elena, <laughs> yeah, Elena. we're all scared I, I don't think I don't know if he's gonna want to. Like that relationship clearly means something to him. So then, what do the Lannisters have to do to finally win him over? Like, how do you get him to well, come? Well, they over? appeal to his inner racism. They're like, you, you can't let Dothraki on oh, our shores. These no, barbarians, those swarthy Dothraki, and these unsullied in their eunuch ways. I mean, that that's that's contagious. You know, I mean, you hang out with them long enough, who knows what happens to your yeah, bits? Uh, Tarly seemed like enough of an asshole that like I can see the carrot and the stick thing working we're like these mm -hmm. people are foreigners and also you get to be warden of the south was it he promised him warden, warden of, of the warden south. Of the something yeah. yeah so that's the uh, carrot the stick that. a little bit i yeah. mean they don't exactly have a big enough stick on this but i guess warden of the south is a good enough carrot yeah. and this is i think going to be some of the ways that they we are going to get into a position to go i don't know who is going to win mm -hmm. you know because the, right now they've stopped the dornish army so now, from coming and laying siege, right? From the siege, yeah, they stopped the siege. They stopped that, but yeah. so now they only have the Tyrell army, right? And yeah. maybe now they don't. Tyrell, then dragons and Dothraki from and Unsullied. From what I understand, they but, were... all of, but the Unsullied are heading to Casterly Rock, so th this idea of the siege working is now entirely undercut. It's shot, mm -hmm. because the Tyrell army, unless they go by land, has no way to come back up mm -hmm. and yep. hit King's Landing, because mm -hmm. the fleet's been completely destroyed. Yeah. So they were on their way to Sunspear, yeah. so they hadn't picked up the Tyrell army just yet. Oh, okay. From what I, from what yeah, I understand, that's... right? Okay. Um, that it, they were, yeah, they were promising the Tyrell and the Martell army, so they're all just still chilling down in Dorne, as Which far as I know. Which is another reason why I wonder if that is who snitched. Yeah. Get it yeah. before it gets to her army? Yeah. That is possible. Yeah. She, and know, she's sneaky. I don't think it needs to be I thought you were saying Oletta. Just, yeah, you think Oletta, Oletta yeah. snitched? Maybe. Yeah. But if, if someone iron, did. There's enough Ironborn who were like, probably have some friends back yeah, the other one. That yeah. I don't think they, it needs to be revealed that it was someone on the council. But yeah, it's, you're right. They're all suspect at this point. Everyone is suspect. Yeah. I side-eye everyone. Yeah. yeah. My whole thing is like, if Barris is no longer the master of whispers and little birds, what good is he? Right. What does he do? If Other than be like, if, I listen to the people, how? If you're no longer the spy master, what do you bring to the table? So we're right. assuming that's 100% done. We, we're assuming he has no more. I mean, I haven't seen any evidence uh, he ever his since own he brought... band of little birds. Have you seen any evidence that he has knowledge of, like, my little birds have told me, or any he kind of special secret? I haven't. Not so, really. yeah, we'll see. Unless he kind of comes back to that. I, I don't know what else is... What really he can do for her? I like that he got that whole speech from Danny, but Alaria just kind of flew under the radar. I mean, she killed her king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she I'm betrayed her ruler. That, I'm glad that Tyrion mentioned the Marcella death, though. I mean, Whoa. at least throw that in there. Yeah, but she all he ordered her. Like, I'd be a little more upset with the person that ordered my personal murder. Yeah. Well, she's already kind of like, put Tyrion in a little bit of a trial like, by fire. Like he's yeah. already passed through and and been okay now. Varys Varys had yet to to come under her judgment. Mm. So that was nice to have that moment. But we do also have uh, the one last moment in Dragonstone with a return of our favorite Red Pyro. Melisandra, mm. yeah, she made it to Dragonstone. The beautiful crypt keeper that she is. <laughs> Tales from the crypt, but gorgeous, but gorgeous woman, uh, and telling Danny about a prophecy, the prophecy, and that leads us to this week's master's lesson. Yay! Drop some about the master's lesson. I keep feeling like we should have I'm like not... exciting graphics. We do. We, we do. do. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yes. 
I want explosions. And like, I want theme music, guys. Can we get on that? That would be great. So we're talking about the prophecy of Azora High, and this is the, the guy that Melisandre's been talking about ever since we started to get to know her. First she thought it was Stannis, then she thought it was Jon. And it seems like now, based on what she told Danny, that John still has a part to play, but it seems like now she actually believes Azora High is Danny. And to understand this, Azora High was the legendary hero that saved all of Planetos back in the thousands of years ago. Did the you last say Planetos? Time. I did. <laughs> the, last, the last time I can't even take credit. I wish I could. Uh, the last time that the Long Night happened, thousands and thousands of years ago, when the White Walkers came around again. So Azora High was the hero, and there's. He's kind of this legendary figure that all of these different religions around the world kind of agree upon. Different religions call him different things. Uh, most notably, Old Nan mentioned him to Bran back in the day, uh, calling him the last hero. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Azor Ahai is the main name that everyone kind of calls him by, especially Melisandre, so that's what we're going to go with. Uh, it goes along with the prince that was promised prophecy, the idea that Azor Ahai is going to be born again, and he is going to be the one that actually saves all of Western and Essos. I can't say Platitos again. <laughs> <laughs> Saves all of them this time around. So there's a couple ways uh, that you know it was Azor High come again. There's a couple signs uh, and this is what's what Melisandre's really going off of to try to pick her chosen one. Uh, there's born under a bleeding red star amidst salt and smoke. Uh, there's mentions of dragons. There's a mention that it specifically will be born of Eris and Rayala's bloodline. So those are Danny's parents and John's grandparents. Um, and there's also a bit about Lightbringer, but that's its own legend in and of itself and will be here till next week if I go into that. So just, there's a flaming sword. It's mentioned. It may or may not be important. Uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, who is Danny's brother, thought it might be him. He was kind of a, I know, I love this picture. He wow. thought it might be him. He was kind of a scholarly lad and then uh, apparently locked himself in a library for a week, came out and was like, apparently I gotta be a warrior. Eventually convinced himself that it was his son Aegon who might be the prince that was promised, but since both of them are dead, Probably not so much. Uh, so now the best bet that it's looking like and who it's been kind of pushing towards all series is Danny. She was born under a bleeding red comet, which was over the pyre when she burned Drogo uh, amidst salt and smoke. You know, you've got sweat, you have tears, you have the smoke of the pyre itself. Obviously, there's a bit of a connection to dragons, maybe. <laughs> and she is Eris and Rayella's daughters. Uh, excuse me, daughter as well, so you have that bloodline going as well. So she's been the most obvious choice. John is also a pretty heavy contender for it. Uh, you've got the same comet uh, that appeared um, over, kind of over his birth, I believe around the same time. Uh, amidst salt and smoke, possibility that when he was brought back, uh, his wound was, I get my I get my in the books reference. This is Maester's <laughs> Corner, this whole thing is it. Uh, you get the wound was smoking. You have obviously uh, the salt uh, people were crying. There was a thing of a bleeding red star. There was one of the people at the Night's Watch who had stars as his tunic and there was, and he was bleeding because they'd been in a fight. Uh, you have the dragons because he is of Targaryen blood. We can all safely assume that now. And obviously because you have the Rhaegar and Lyanna connection, you have the same bloodline that Danny is from. So those are the two best best contenders for it. There was a fun theory last week that the Hound might have been a contender. Yeah, just because they mentioned, yeah, now all of a sudden he starts seeing visions in the fire and there was a thing of him being born of fire and salt and smoke from when the mountain mm -hmm. crashed his face against the fire. Close to a guy with a flaming sword right now. Exactly. Yeah, hanging out with a guy with a sword. Hanging out with the flaming sword. And this could be a thing too because part of the prophecy, uh, although it's not canon, maybe, but that the dragon has three heads. Taken to mean that there can be more than one and it's going to be kind of a multifaceted Azor. Azora High. Uh, when you have when you have the Azora High prophecy and you have Old Nan talking about the last hero, there's a there's a certain little thing that's kind of fun that she talks about where the last hero went up north and what actually happened to him. Uh, he went up with his horse, he went up with his dog, and he went up with his sword with his and with his twelve companions. And one by one, they all died. We know that John has a Valyrian steel sword. Probably we has know a horse. Probably has a horse. <laughs> we probably has a dog if yeah. they decide to spend any of the budget on ghosts ever again. Yeah. And possibly the twelve companions. You know the uh, the Brotherhood without banners is probably going to make it up there. You've got his brothers on the wall. 
Uh, there is a mention, uh, not, she, Old Nan doesn't go into exactly how Azora High beat back the night, which would be really helpful right now, but uh, Sam actually comes across a text where they talk about a Valyrian steel sword killing them. So it's not like something we didn't already know, but it's nice to know that that might have been part of the Azora High legend as well. And, oh, and the main thing that we learned from this episode which we would have known anyway had Melisandre just continued with her High Valyrian Duolingo subscription, <laughs> that apparently Prince that was promised is a gender-neutral noun and could also mean prince or princess. Yes. yes. Throwing so, another. And there's also, so we won't get in. Nicely done. Yay! 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 Explosions! Thanks, guys! Yes. Thank oh. you! Thank you! You are my book All to screen hero. Yes. So, like, can Very we just... Very impressive. Yay! Do one of these? There's a lot. <laughs> um, there's there are a lot of things, but there's there is a theory, and let's correct me if I'm wrong here. But there's so Lightbringer is the sword, right? That yes. in order to basically activate your Lightbringer, you have to make a sacrifice yeah. to someone you love. But there's also this theory that what the dragons are essentially Lightbringer, the weapon, the, that, the, the, the flaming weapon, sword the of the flaming sky, the flaming sword of the sky yes. that will work. And she did. Daenerys made a, a sacrifice when she tried to save Drogo of her child that mm-hmm. she was pregnant with her son. It was only death can pay for life. Dude, only I left this out of the Maester's Corner for a reason. We will be here until yeah. next week. You want to talk about the Blackfire <laughs> Rebellion? Like, let's go. Yeah, I, no, let's we got this. it. But you're right. No, the, the, the legend surrounding Lightbringer is really important and it's super open to interpretation. Because so, as we know, it's not like Melisandre is like batting a thousand when it comes to correctly <laughs> right, predicting she says things. That. She says it's dangerous. Do we think it's dangerous for us to get too down the rabbit hole or is it just fun? I just so don't want just Daenerys to add any more <laughs> yes. to her title introduction. There's already enough in there. So many. <laughs> Lightbringer, Azor High Reborn. Reborn. Yeah. Well, I kind of went through all the things that uh, I mostly want to talk about. We got, I mean, out short of Lightbringer. Well, we got this. No, do you think think that this new prophecy elevates the theory that it's multiple? More than one. I think so. Yeah. I think I definitely. Danielle, what do you think? No, I absolutely agree. I've always thought that it was going to be, especially that the dragon has three heads and there are so many people coming together. I never thought it was just going to be like one person. It was always going to be multiple of them coming together. I really like that hound theory. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Especially with him kind of in his redemptive, like figuring out what he's going to be doing. Oh. If the hound saves the world, yeah. Yeah, no. That's the kind of unexpected thing I want from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've fallen in love with that theory now. That's a good redemptive arc. I definitely enjoy it. Well, Probably not I, true, but... I right. want to <laughs> get back to the the actual... Uh, oh, God. I'm to post Comic-Con right now, you guys. I'm We're so, dying. so sorry. Uh, no, you're killing Girl, the you're killing it. The ongoing series right now of Raging Throners. Our yes. favorite moments Let's from the episode. Let's pop some Raging Throners. Spencer, you want to open this up? Yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is, a, is more of a character moment, um, and it wasn't necessarily like a, oh, yeah moment. Um, it was when Theon jumped off the ship. (laughs) It got the biggest reaction out of me of the whole episode uh, because I think that it just made me feel so many feelings. Um, it comes on uh, on the heels of that close-up of his face where you can see Reek taking back over, and I'm like, oh no, not again, no, don't! And then you can also tell that like he had a chance to uh, step up and die or be a coward and live, and it's just that kind of question that really gets to your gut uh, that that uh, moment really gave me a raging throne of four. Yeah, Roth. Um, I was gonna do that, but <laughs> I'm now not gonna do that. Um, instead, although I will say that that single tear yes. from Yara was mm. also pretty, like the total disappointment and betrayal in that moment was pretty amazing too. But I will instead pick the reunion because it was between Nymeria and Uh, Arya because I really do think it was a great callback. It was subtly done, maybe too much that you had to like make sure to hear the after the show to fully understand what it meant. But I do think it's this moment of absolute um, acceptance of everything she's lost, of who she is now. Um, both the wolf and herself and the fact that she can never regain that innocence. So I thought it was a lot packed into a little moment between a woman and her wolf. <laughs> um, well, shoot. Okay, so I do, I like... Did we take yours? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, had, <laughs> I had a little moment where I liked with Yara and... Um, uh, Theon. Not Theon. Oh. Uh, Ilar, that, that little, oh, like, that really the, flirty... The foreign that, like, invasion. The, the foreign yeah. invasion. Oh, that, 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 was too much. that was too much. That was too much. That was too much. But I like the little flirtation. But I honestly, I really like that moment when that giant 
bridge tooth thing yes. came down, sure. and you hear that ah! <laughs> <laughs> as the guy gets crushed. That's probably that's the moment that I love. I was kind of like Yara and Neon are just staring at the ship for five seconds, and then what? The guy couldn't move. No one serpentines in this show nope. ever. <laughs> uh, and uh, for my my raging throne or something, uh, we actually didn't get a real chance to talk about, unfortunately. But Sam curing Jorah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was getting into it. That was <laughs> yeah. that was. And that was, I think I, I think if I'm gonna pick a thing uh, for raging throner moments, I, I I would just say the transitions in this show. Uh, They're very like Edgar Wright, where they, it, it's yeah, just like yeah. a disgusting thing to something nice, and you're just like, oh, but I'm laughing. Because it's uh, yeah, <laughs> or, or it becomes disgusting. It because does. That's yes. food. Yeah. Pot, chicken pot pie is ruined <laughs> Don't forever show it. for me. Thanks so much. Oh God! Oh. No more Marie calendars <laughs> no. for you. None. Oh, forever. But such a good, but such a good moment. I love those edits. So yeah. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Kristen Chenoweth, for joining Kristen us. Chenoweth. Oh my gosh. Can, I, can yeah. I leave the audience with a question? Because I'm curious. Do you guys think that they are going to subvert the tropes that? basically now we do have sort of chosen people heading towards a definitive destiny? Or do you think they will utterly surprise us with like the hound takes it all? I gotta think George got one more trick up his sleeve. Yeah, okay. One so. more. I don't think there's too much that's gonna surprise us, but there's gonna be one more moment over the next two seasons where we go, holy shit, that was like the Red Wedding or Ned Stark dying. Just one more. Not yeah. a lot. Not but a lot. we really want your opinions on this. Use the hashtag Watching Thrones. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can always Skype in during the episode. We would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Spencer, where can everyone find you? Right here. All day, every, <laughs> all day, every day. And, uh, and hit me up on Twitter at Spencer J. Gilbert. Roth Cornet. I'm also right here, and I am at Roth Cornet on Twitter. And thank you, Michelle, for being the brain today. Because man, Comic-Con, someone had to do it. Yeah. You killed it. There's whiskey and caffeine in this <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I mean, there'd have to be. I mean, and Danielle. Um, yeah, you can find me at, at Danielle Radford on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Hyper RPG, um, doing a Valiant Vanquished, which is like a role-playing game that takes place in the Valiant universe. It's actually canon, which is crazy. Awesome. <laughs> um, You're official. Uh, it's official. Um, and you can also find me on my uh, wrestling podcast, Tights and Fights. Oh nice. my god, that's awesome. Well, my name is Michelle Boyd. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Definitely use that hashtag, Watching Thrones, and we will see you next week. This episode was presented by T-Mobile, America's best unlimited network. 